0: Praise God. Well, we started a series um, a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, called Don't Judge. And uh, I realize this type of thing, you know, this isn't, when you hear that, people don't necessarily get up and run around the room and get excited, but I am really excited about it. I really am. This has the potential to just, Free us up, and the more I'm looking at it, and it's been rolling around in me for weeks before we uh, started this, but this whole time, last couple weeks, is just so much here. Amen. So let's go ahead. Let's look at uh, Luke six thirty-seven. We looked at this last time. Luke six thirty-seven. It says, "Judge not." and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running uh, over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So now, you know, we've, we can quote uh, Luke 6:38. Sometimes we... we uh, talk about that in relation to giving, give and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, but this is all in context, this is saying these are laws of God, and all these work in a similar fashion, so if we go back to verse 37, it says, judge not, and you shall not be judged, so don't judge, you won't be judged, condemn not, don't condemn, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. So it's just these are laws of God. Do this, this is going to happen. Do this, this is going to happen. So he says, don't judge. And then in later in thirty-eight, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. What does that mean? The way you you operate in these things is the way it's going to operate with you. Luke six thirty nine. next verse, it says, And he spoke a parable to them, says, Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher. But everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? And we read this in a few versions, or these, these, some of these scriptures in a few versions. Last week we were going to read a, a parallel passage in another version here. But you get the picture. Little speck, you know, you ever, anybody ever had something in your eye, you know? You, yeah, you, what is that? You're trying to get it out and you find it's just this little, little tiny piece of something. But you, your eyes are sensitive, it picks it up, just a little thing. And Jesus is saying, when we're looking at somebody else, he said, don't, don't be like that, where you're, you're straining at this, ah, you know, speck. I mean, you can't even see it in your own eye sometimes, let alone in somebody else's eye. You can't see that. And this little tiny thing in your eye, oh, you have that. And here you got this, you know, six by, two by four by, like, four foot sticking out of your eye. And you're knocking them in the head, and you're walking around, and you're like, yeah, but you got this little d- dinky thing. He's, that's the picture he's given. He said, don't be like that. He said, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you'll be able to clearly remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Uh, we're going to look at Matthew 7, verse 1. We looked at these um, last week, but just in getting going here. Matthew 7, verse 1. It says, judge not, this is a parallel of, Passage of scripture, judge not and that you will not be judged for with the judgment that you judge, you will be judged. So what you, the method, the way you judge somebody else, that's the way it's going to happen to you. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, hey, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, in the message version, we read this last time, it says, don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults. Notice that, just just right there. Don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults. Notice this is all somebody else, right? Unless, of course, you want that same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. In other words, you're being critical... People being critical on you, to you, or about you. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, Let me wash your face for, for you when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's this whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, playing a holier than thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your own face that you might be fit fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. Now that's, that, that's kind of, that's in your face, right? <laughs> you don't really need an interpretation to get this. This is, but there's a lot there, a lot about this area. What I want to look at uh, today, let's look at 2 Corinthians 10-12, we'll get into this. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Now, like I said, I'm excited about this. It, the, I just want to, uh, you don't have to put this up, but John eight thirty uh, one or th- eight thirty two. So he said, Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Do we want to know the truth? Yes. We want to know the truth. And the truth is, will always free us up in life, and I believe we're going to get free, free in some areas that has been tripping us up and binding us. We didn't even know what it was, and it's been holding us captive. You realize, yielding to the enemy in any area, he tries to keep you in bondage, and people don't know. All over the world, they're in bondage. They don't understand why. It could be any number of things, but this is an area that we can get free from, And I'm excited about it. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12, it says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. In the Amplified, the same verse says, However, when they measure themselves, Do you have that? Or did I... Okay, when they measure themselves, okay, so I see. I, this is actually the Amplified Classic. I'll read in, in this here. We do not have the audacity to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with some who supply testimonials to commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves, go ahead, next page, and compare themselves with themselves, they lack wisdom and behave like what? Fools. Fools. In the Contemporary English Version, the CEV says, We don't compare, we don't dare compare ourselves with those who think so much of themselves, but they are foolish to compare themselves with themselves. In the NLT, it says, Oh, don't worry, we wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are, but they are only comparing themselves with each other using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. Notice it, Wait, go back uh, to the previous part. They, they are only comparing themselves with each other. Next page. Using themselves as the standard of measurement. Notice that. How ignorant. I want to read you one more translation. The Passion Translation says, They compare themselves to one another... And make their own standards to measure themselves by. And then they judge themselves by their own standards. What self delusion. Now, comparing to to judge somebody, you gotta be comparing them to something, right? There's a standard that you're perceiving they're not meeting. Right? Or what are you judging them? What does judgment mean? You didn't, you didn't, you broke the law. Uh, you could talk about reviews at work. That's a form of judging, right? You didn't measure up. You got four out of five here. You got three out of five here. You know, sometimes in this day and age, you know, we don't like to say, you know, you need to fix this. It's like, well, you have a gap here. <laughs> Everything is sometimes softened. You know, you don't have a weakness. You have something that's not quite as strong. <laughs> No, basically, you stink here, okay? Let's just be honest. You, you're never going to be good here, probably, but here's your strong points. Let's talk about this and do your best over here, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> but that's a form of judgment. What are you judging me to? What, this is your, you, these were your goals. These were your metrics, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, if there's no standard, what are you judging? Mm-hmm. I just don't like you. Don't like me compared to what? Mm-hmm. You think I'm supposed to be operating a different way. That's why you can be comparing. So comparing is very related to judgment. That's what I want to focus on today. This says very clearly. Let's, let's uh, read the last one, the, the Passion Translation. He's talking about these guys that are going around, you know, puffed up. Paul's talking about these people that think they're so great, and he's saying they're comparing themselves among themselves. They think they're so awesome. And then notice what he says. They compare themselves to one another and make up their own standards. Go to the next page. To measure themselves by. And then they judge themselves by their own standards. (laughs) Now what are we talking about? We're talking about not to judge, right? So we're talking about us. He's saying it in relation to other people, but we're talking about not judging other people. And we'll get into more aspects of this, but this leads to freedom. Okay? But God clearly says, so don't compare. This is where some of this starts. And here Paul's talking about these guys doing it, but he's clearly saying it for us. He's saying, don't be like this. They're fools. Well, do you want to be a fool? No, we don't want to be a fool. He's saying, this is foolish. Don't do this. Judging starts with comparing. So, you know, you could be saying, look what I've done. Look what, I have, look what I've done, and this person hasn't done. Well, that's setting you sell yourself up for comparison, right? Look what I've done, this person hasn't done. I'm so much better than that. You know, look what I've done, you haven't done this, so I'm better. I'm not saying these thoughts literally go through our heads, but I'm saying, Let's identify what this looks like. Look what you've done. I haven't done that. So then insinuation could be, well, I'm better than you. Because you did something I didn't do. You messed up where I didn't mess up. Or you haven't done what I did. But notice what you're comparing it to. What I've done. Is that our standard? That's not, what, what we do is not our standard. That's exactly what these people are doing. They're saying, they're, they're put looking at the other person and making a standard based on how they're performing and then making that the standard and so saying, you don't measure up to what? My standard. That's a slippery slope. That'll get us into trouble. Who, our standard isn't the standard. And sometimes it can sound like this. In our thoughts, or we could be saying it to somebody else. Now notice, this stuff, what we're talking about here is for us to identify it and get free of it. This is not for us to be like, oh, you shouldn't do this, and let's beat ourselves up with the Word of God. No, we need to identify it, and if God said not to do it, we get, see, Satan wants us to fall into the trap of doing things that God would say no. Why? Because he can ensnare us and bind us. This is a form of bondage. You judging somebody else is actually setting that up to come on you and for you to be condemned by that standard you're putting up for somebody else. And to get free of that, you release them and say, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but it's not my job. I'm not going to fall into that trap. No, thank you. And you go free. But it can sound like this. We've all been probably guilty of this, but you're talking to somebody else and you're saying, don't you just hate it when? Don't you just hate it when such and such when somebody does that? I can't believe somebody would do that in your talk or in your head. A few examples. Don't you just hate it when somebody just, you know, they talk, 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 talk. But on the flip side, don't you just hate it when, you know, they're supposed to talk and they, they don't talk? Somebody's supposed to say, why don't they speak up? Two sides of the same thing. What about, you know, that person? They, I mean, don't you? This person always has too much going on. It's like they can't finish anything. On the flip side, man, this person can't handle more than one thing. This other person, somebody else could say, don't you just hate it when I mean? It's like you give them two things and they can't handle it. Two different perspectives. What, don't you just hate when somebody just takes up? I mean, they're just always taking over the situation, it's like they got to be in charge. But on the other hand, somebody could say, why, why don't they ever stand up, somebody else? Don't you just hate it when people just don't stand up for anything? They're supposed to take charge, they're not taking charge. You see these, I'm going to go through a few more of them, but one's one perspective. Hey, don't you hate it, some, some, in other words, some certain people that think talking too much Maybe they don't talk a lot, so they think, don't you just hate it when people talk a lot? But then the people that talk a lot said, don't don't you just hate it when nobody talks? (laughs) Who's making the standard? It's perspective. You know, somebody's take-charge type of person, and the person that doesn't like people, why is he taking charge? Why why are you just running over me? And the people that don't like that are like, "Eh, don't do that. But then people... Looking around on the flip side, said why isn't anybody jumping in to take charge here? I'll take charge. Why somebody should take charge? It's perspective. Where's the standard coming from? From the person that's making up the rules right now. We'll keep going. That person, man, don't you hate it when just people just eat too much? They're always eating, doing everything. How about a person that never eats anything because they're too picky? Man, a person never eats anything. Picky, I don't want that, I don't want that. I had this one guy say to me, he said, you can tell by looking at me I'm not too picky. We're talking about where to go out to eat. He <laughs> said, you could tell by looking at me I'm not. That was him saying. <laughs> but you know, people, where, where are you coming from? Different people looking at things from different perspectives. Ah, well they're not doing this. Ah, well they're not doing that. How about all they do is work out? Man, that's, that's like their life. <laughs> What's the flip side? Man, get off your rear end and actually exercise once in a while. Man, they care too much about their appearance. They're always just fussing over everything. What's the opposite? Man, would they just, do they ever look in the mirror? <laughs> and their perspective is, that's just not important. We're, I mean, you know, we're worried about the 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 more important spiritual things. Well, there's a line there. Yes. You could take any one of those, right? Yes. And be on, on, on one side or the other. How about, man, why don't they just control their kids? Somebody. Another end is, man, do they ever let their kids have any fun? At all? Do they, are they in straitjackets? I mean, do they ever? Are their kids? They're treating them like Adults. You know, you could come from any every, either perspective. You know, I used to before I had kids, and I was in an airplane, and a kid would start whining. I'd be like, "Man, did you just shut your kid up!" <laughs> <laughs> and then after I went through four of them, and I realized when they're getting on that plane and they start to go up, and the pressure starts building on their ears, and they're, you know, and they've been tired or whatever, and you're that parent that's like, "Shut, shut up!" You know, and they're wailing, and you're like, "Oh." You know, you're like, come on, and they're crying, and you know what everybody's thinking because you were thinking about it. Yes. Yes. Now when somebody cries, I'm just like, God, have mercy on yes. them. <laughs> just help them right now to know that half of this airplane knows exactly what they're going through and is not throwing any stones whatsoever. The people that are throwing stones, their day's coming. Yes. <laughs> so it is perspective, but all the, I just jotted down a few of these things. More, how about workplace or any organization? You know, to for a workplace, an organization, depending on the size, for it to work efficiently, you're going to have different positions, right? You're not going to have all the same position, you know, you got to have different things for it to work as a team. You know, we could go into sports, we're not going to go there. There's different, you don't have just all pitchers on a baseball team, no, all catchers, right. Well, in a workplace, most of us don't play professional sports, so we'll just talk about the workplace. (laughs) Most of us have a job. But, you know, you have somebody that's running everything, the CEO. Or if it's a smaller company, you know, whatever, the leader. Well, they have certain responsibilities and certain giftings. They're good at stuff, not so good at others. But you need them. Um, Just managers of different squads, different teams. Maybe it's an organization where you need engineers, you need marketing, you need people that are good at admin, sales, tech support, design. Now every one of these people in their, in their sales, think of just, you know, I, was in, I have a software background, I was an engineer, and I can tell you what, and then I managed engineers, and I can tell you what they think of the marketing people, the design people, the CEO. Don't talk so much about the admin, but you know, other people. You know, the marketing people, well, they just shut up, and they're always, oh, we're going to do this, and now we're going to do this. Why don't we just make up, a, oh, salespeople, don't get them started there. <laughs> CEO, man, why do they just, you know, just up here, they don't care about the other details. Well, they have you to care about the details? <laughs> but, you know, salespeople, well, these engineers are just so sticky in the marketing, looking at the engineers going, you know, come on. So we changed our mind. This is the right thing for the customer. Get it through your head, right? But any one of them can look at the other and say, you're not judging the other people. Say, you're not doing it right. Why? Because you're not doing it like me. You don't have the same perspective as I do. Any one of these things we talked about before, or we, we, we uh, touched on before, the, the food, the Too many things going on. You realize the person that can handle many things at once, that's a gift. Now it can get out of control. But you need people like that. Now you need people that can focus on one thing and do it very well, because if you don't, you're going to have a bunch of loose ends, right? You need both. But if everybody can just handle one thing at once, you're going to have a hard time with an organization. If everybody is just trying to handle everything, it's going to be chaos. But you know what we do? We start comparing other people, if we're not careful, to what we do well. And why don't you do it like I do it, and if you don't, there's something deficient in you, and what do we do? Make a standard based on what we think should be the way it's done. And you know what that can lead to? Judging another person and saying, you're less of a Christian, you're less of a person, you're less of a man, you're less of a parent, you're less of a woman, because you don't do this, and the enemy will, he'll uh, help you. Well, they didn't do that. They're probably thinking this. Why wouldn't they do that? Why wouldn't they do it like this? I mean, gosh, I cannot believe it. Don't they care? And all those thoughts are what? They're judging. And what does that set us up for? Judging. It's a trap. He's right. Galatians six three through five. We're going to turn there quick. Going to put it up. You guys doing all right? Yes. Now I have so much here. We prayed, so you guys help me. We need to get out the right things. There is so much here, and we're focusing on a certain part today, but we'll touch on whatever we need to, but to get it out right, because we want the right things to come out here. If anyone thinks himself to be some, Galatians 6, 3, when he is nothing, he, what? Deceives himself, but let each one examine his neighbor's work. Is that what it says? No. Nope. Nope. Oh, sorry. Let each one examine his spouse's work. Let each one examine his what? Own Own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Verse 5, for each one shall bear his own load. We're not supposed to be concerned with what everybody else is doing. Now, we're not talking about where it's your responsibility to manage people, whatever. That's a different thing. You have a responsibility to uh, run the organization and and hold a stand. That's not judging heart. That's not judging motive. That's evaluating performance. Those are two different things. Okay? When we're talking about judging, we're talking about judging the heart. We're not talking about calling (coughs) sin, sin. Okay? We'll get to that in a moment. That's That's not what we're saying, and people confuse that. That's not what we're talking about. Romans 12, verse 3. You can just put that up on the screen. You guys can turn to it if you want, but we're just going to put it up. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Well, it says more highly than you ought to think. That doesn't say that you shouldn't uh, think highly of yourself. We ought to think highly of ourselves. Jesus died was crucified, uh, buried, and was resurrected so that we could be the righteousness of God in Christ, so that we could be His children. If you're the child of Almighty God, you ought to think highly of yourself, just not more highly than you ought. But here's a side note, especially if they're a Christian, regardless if they're a Christian or not, Jesus died for them. Every person on the face of the earth, and we have no right, and no position, and it's a trap, to thumb our nose at somebody and look down at them and say, well, you're not so-and-so, so I'm better than you. And I'm not saying we think those thoughts, but that's the way it can come across. Basically, when you judge somebody, jumping ahead of myself, but you are playing God. Mm-hmm. It's not our role. Hallelujah! You wanna judge eight billion people that are just on the face of the earth now, let alone all the people that have come and all the people are gonna come, uh, come afterwards or that have come and are going to come? Anybody would stand up and say, I am fully qualified. <laughs> judge people from all different backgrounds, races, you know, cultures, and you can judge them. We're not qualified. It's not our job. It's not our role. We don't, we're not equipped. So thank God we don't have to do it. We can back away from that. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So we ought to think highly, but not too highly. In other words, you're not up here judging everybody. That's, that's way above our role. Let's come back to where we are and thank God for who we are, but let God be God and be confident in what He's told us to do. Be confident in what He's done for us. Be confident in who we are through Christ Jesus, but not get into playing with what somebody else is doing. It says, Not to think of Himself more highly than we ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function, so as we, being, uh, being many, are one body in Christ individuals, members of one another. We're not going to get, that's good enough for what we're covering today in that area. But I wanted to get the thought over to you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Romans fourteen twenty two. can you um, put that up on the screen? It says, do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Now this is in context, this is talking about, they were talking about foods and people eating certain things and not eating certain things. And I'll tell you what, just as a side note, this is an area people can get high and lifted up in, like, well, you know, you shouldn't be eating that or you should be eating that. This is what this is saying. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he accepts. In, an, in a, an NLT, it says, You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing. He's talking about food. He said, Keep it between yourself and God. In other words, you're not everybody's judge, and you're not the, the um, enforcer. He's talking in this area. He said, You may eat certain things and, and not eat certain things and be convinced in your own heart. Believe, of course, there's a standard in the Word of God, but in these things, he's saying this... This is not the end-all, be-all. It's not your job to go tell everybody. He said, if you're convinced, keep it between you and God and go on. Mm-hmm. We don't have to broadcast our faith. I mean, as far as, I'm talking about what you believe and not believe, and, and make that, that you are, you're the, the police as far as, you don't believe that, you should believe that, that's the way I believe. There are, there, there are convictions that are not necessarily black and white in the Word of God. Okay? You need to be careful about trying to make something that God has you know, impressed on you. Maybe this is the way you're doing certain things because God has brought you somewhere and He's emphasizing something in your life, but there are a lot of ways to live life. We're not talking about sin. We're not talking about things that are clearly spout in the Word of God. But it's not our job to figure out that somebody else should be doing it just like we are. And in our minds, especially, because your attitude will show it. John 21, I'm going to turn over there real quick. example of uh, the Apostle Peter. Praise God. You guys okay? John 21, verse 20 says, Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, That is John, John referred to himself like that, as a, the one who Jesus loved, so he's talking about John. Peter's turning around, saw the disciple Jesus, or whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? He's referring to the Last Supper when um, John asked him who was going to betray him. He said, and Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? So John's basically saying, well, what a, or, or Peter's saying, well, what about John? What about him? And notice what Jesus said. Jesus said to him if if I will that he remain till I come what is that to you you follow me What did he say None of your business Don't worry about it He's like if I want him to live forever what's it to you you follow me That's what he said Paraphrase, but that's what he said In other words Peter's going to God Jesus is God and saying well, what about him Let's, Jesus, let's talk about him, you know, you and me. Let's, let's get him figured out. Goes to God. Let's get him figured out. And what did, what did Jesus say? Don't worry about it, you get you figured out. You follow me. You follow me. You follow what I've said to do. You do what I've told you to do. He didn't say, oh yeah, you're right, let's fix him. He didn't say that. It's tempting for us to try to figure out the other guy. If we know that what God has called us to do, we're going to be too busy doing what we're doing to worry about anybody else. I mean, you say that on one end, you don't have time. Let me put it this way. You don't really have time to mess with it. Now, people will make time. The devil will accommodate you in making time and wasting time, and not only wasting time on it, setting yourself up for that same judgment. It is a lose lose. Waste of your time, and you are setting yourself up as judge, going in, acting like you should be the one that needs to figure and change another person, and it's not our role. It's not anything we're equipped to do. And so, God has basically said, it's none of your business. Leave it alone. So Jesus, verse 22, Jesus said to him, If, if I will that he re- remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Verse 23, Then this saying went out among the brethren that his disciples would not die. Yeah, Jesus did not say to him that he would not die. He just said, well, if I, if I want him to remain till I come, what is that to you? That's all he said. He's like, doesn't matter if I want him to live forever. It's none of your business. And so people started saying John's going to live forever. <laughs> That's pretty typical. Stuff gets twisted. Let's look at a. Uh, let's see. Can you put up James four eleven? James 4.11, it says, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren, but he who speaks evil of a brother judges his brother. Speaks evil of the law and judges the law, but if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver and who, who is able to save and destroy. Who are you to judge another? Whose responsibility is it to judge mankind? God Almighty. Let's look at that again. He said, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver. Who gave the law and who has created a standard of behavior? It's God. God. It's not you, your responsibility. It's not my responsibility. Who is able to save and destroy it? Who are you to judge one another? And that's a question we need to ask whenever it comes up, not in a condemning way. We just need to say, Not my job. I'm leaving it alone. God is just. God is just. I said, God is just. It takes faith sometimes to just let the situation alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if I don't do something, they won't, they won't get what they're, you know, they're not going to do what they're supposed to do, or they're not going to get what they they're due. Oh, they will. We're not really getting into this today, but I believe we will, but I'll, I'll just say this. You don't want to get what you deserve. If you ever start thinking, I, I, you know, but I deserve such, or they deserve that, what we deserve is to die young, sick, broke, and go to hell. Every one of us, without Jesus. You want to talk about what we deserve? There's not a person in here that can stand up and say, I deserve life. You don't. We don't. Devil come and tell you, well, you deserve this. You've earned it. You have not earned it. That is a pathway to judging other people and setting yourself up for that thing to boomerang on you. What do we want? We want mercy. Mercy is getting what you don't deserve. You deserve hell, but you get to be born again, be in the the family of God, and get to go to heaven. Because of what Jesus did when we had nothing to offer God, Jesus died for us. And that is the gospel. And that is the truth. And that is toward us. That grace and that mercy is toward us. We don't have the authority or the position to try to cut that off in somebody else's life. Because God's merciful to everybody. If they'll receive it. So You don't have to worry and stay up thinking about somebody... Fixing fixing them, changing their behavior, somebody getting what's coming to them. That's not your responsibility. God's got that ca- covered. He can handle it. He's the Almighty. What's our job? Live before Him, and like, like Jesus told John, you follow me. You take care of you, you follow me, and just walk out what I've called you to do and told you to do. Romans 14, verse 10. It says, why do you judge your brother? Why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. You guys realize this is coming. This is not a fairy tale. Every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. This will happen. Every knee will bow to the Almighty. Every tongue shall confess, Jesus is Lord. He doesn't need any help in that happening. Yeah, but they, yeah, but they should. Not our job. Yeah, but they should do it like me. Whoa, no, they're not doing it. And I am. Well, I'm setting myself up as I'm the standard. No. Nope. Verse 12, so then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Verse 13, therefore let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this not to put a stumbling block or cause to fall in our brother's way. Do you know who tries to get you in this position where you're judging people? where you're in pride, where you're analyzing. You know where that comes from? That comes from Satan. You know why it's pride? You know what he is? He was lifted up in pride. He he was so proud that he thought he could take on the Almighty. Do you talk about being proud? Satan was in the presence of Almighty God as Lucifer. He was evidently, we don't know for sure, but evidently he was, you know, high ranking in God's kingdom. Maybe had something to do with music and he was lifted up. And we're not really getting into some of that today, but he was lifted up in pride and got cast out. He thought he could take on God. Convinced a third of the angels that they could take on God. Pride will make you stupid. They were so full of pride, they thought it was a good idea that we're going to take out the Almighty. Who was before everything. When they showed up, he was already there. And Satan thought, it's a good idea, we're going to take him out. You talk about, you know, confidence is one thing, that's just stupid. That's not trash-talking. No, this is insurmountable. I don't care how many times you say it's going to happen. I don't care how many pep talks you have. You're done. And he convinced a third of the the, the other angels that this is a good idea. Infected them with it. No. Foolish. Pride. Being puffed up with pride. No. We want to stay on the side of God. I'll turn to one more verse. Luke 18:9. 18, 18 verse nine. Before we go, just Max, if you could just put up First Timothy 3, verse 6. Before we go on, I just want to show you what I was referring to. I didn't want to get into it. But this is talking about the qualifications for being a pastor. And then he goes into all these things. And then he's saying one of the qualifications is not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. That's what, that's what Satan did. He was puffed up with pride. He was stupid. I just wanted to give you that reference. But Luke 18, verse 9. Jesus speak, he said, also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Well, this is the Pharisees, they do that. What we got to look and to see is any of that type of attitude creeping in because we know the Pharisees were opposed. Jesus, Jesus was the hardest on them. They were the hardest on others. And what did they get? They got it thrown back in their face. He was the most stern. He was in their face where other people would be gentle and say, you know, like the woman that was caught in the, the, the act of adultery said, you go and sin no more. You know, where are your accusers? They're gone. Well, neither do I condemn you. Go. But with these Pharisees, he would get in their face. Why? Because they're hard. Because they think they don't need to be taught. Because they think everybody else is messed up. That's what we're talking about. We don't, that we want to be, if that's, if, if that's come, we say, I, no, thank you. I don't want any of that. I'm backing away from that. I'm going to just walk before God. I don't need any of that, that type of uh, attitude in me. No, thank you. So he said, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Verse 10, two men went up to the temple. So he's telling a story. Illustration. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Is this not what we're talking about? See, I'm not like other men, and he's going to start saying the things that he believes that he is doing right. He's doing right. In other words, this is my checklist. These are in my strength column. These are the things I'm doing. I'm not going to mention the fact that I am completely despising other people, completely arrogant, fault-finding, critical. We're not going to talk about that because that's not in my standard. That's okay. We just let that slide. He's probably not even conscious of it. Doesn't even know. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, another tax collector, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even this tax collector. So what were we saying? Making a list that says what you don't do. And then what by implication? I don't do that stuff. The other person does. So I'm better. Or you did this stuff and I don't do it. So what is the implication? I'm better. Because I, I fit perfectly to my standard of me. Imagine that. I got A-pluses in every area because I'm judging by the standard of me. I'm good in this. I stink in that, but we don't mention that. That's not on the standard. So A-plus, straight A report card. Woohoo! I'm awesome. Isn't it funny that all, you know, you got all these different, everybody can get an A-plus in theirs because they're all standards, but oh, they're all missing all these different areas. Well, well you don't do that. So that's not on the test. That's not on the report card. We don't test that. We don't evaluate that, so (laughs) woo-hoo me. So he says, I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this tax collector. So what's he doing? Looking at this guy saying, I can't stand you. You're not me. You don't do this stuff, I do. He said, and then he talks about the stuff he does do. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. He beat his breast saying, so he's like this. God be merciful to me, a sinner. He didn't say the list of what he's done, what he's not doing. He just said, God, I need your mercy. You're God. I don't. I don't deserve everything, but... Be merciful. Verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. Who is the judge? God. What did the judge do? He sent his son to earth so that we who were not qualified and have not made it to his standard could be declared righteous. So this man who said nothing of himself He came came away justified because he's actually depending on the justifier, not on his own ability, not on his own standard. That person opens up the mercy and the the grace of God to flow because they're humble and saying, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not qualified. He's got this handled. Lord, have mercy on me. I believe I'll go down. I'll, I'll go along on the way you have for me. Take care of business. And if somebody else is doing something, Lord, I'll pray for them, commit them to you. But I am not going to get in the position where I am made to be the judge because I don't want the boomerang coming back on me. I'm going to let you be you. Just enjoy my life with you, not compare myself to other people, which is a exercise and futility, but just do what I know to do with you and love you. Let me say this in closing because I was going to touch on this. This does not mean that we, you know, because there's this idea, well, if you don't judge, you don't don't bring up anything about a standard in the Word of God. Well, it's okay. That's okay for you. That's not what we're talking about. You understand, this guy just, this Pharisee was just saying this guy's, you know, does all these bad things? Th- those are bad. But it's an attitude that he's going to enforce it. It's not our job to enforce it. Most people they don't care what you think. They don't care what I think. God is on the throne. That does not mean we we see. He is the lawgiver. He is the one that has the standard of righteousness. That there are things that are wrong according to the word, and there is nothing wrong with standing up for the truth. We ought to stand up for the truth. There's a difference between standing up for the truth, saying this is right, and and uh, it, it versus uh, berating somebody and judging their heart about where they're at. You can, in other words, you can judge behavior and say this is wrong. This is not the standard, but still love the person and not. You don't have to tell them most of the time. Like we said last time, it is they don't care what you think. Unless you have a relationship with them, they don't care. They're not gonna listen to you. And you trying to shove it down their throat is just gonna put them farther away from the position they were in with God before you showed up. Yes. People want love and mercy. That doesn't mean you condone everything. They do that mean you go, well, I just don't judge you, so hey, if it's cool with you. No. But it's not our job to to inform them necessarily. We gotta be led by the Spirit of God. We got to. We have to be led by him because then it is him ministering to the person. And if it's him, now you're just the vessel. If it's you, you stink. I stink. Then it's like get out of my business. Who told you? What, what, who are you? Why do I listen to you? It has nothing to do. It's not God then. But no, we can let him. We can we can let him be on the throne. Let him be the judge, and we can be free then to love people. How can you love that? Jesus loved me. Jesus sent his son to die for them so I can love them. And my job is to love people, not to compare myself and not to judge them. Amen?